This is episode nine of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jock Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income from my online piano course. And I'm also joined today, as usual, by Nate Dotson, who is hard at work on his own online course. What's going on today, Nate? Oh, not much. Feeling pretty good, especially considering I had a few drinks yesterday. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> what was your drink of choice yesterday? Uh, I was drinking Harry Nielsen's yesterday. You have to educate me on what that is. Harry Nielsen, he's the musician that did the song, put the lime in the coconut and drink them <laughs> both up. So, it's uh, it's coconut water with lime and vodka and a little bit of coconut milk if you have coconut milk around. Sounds like uh, sounds like you're getting your buzz and your electrolytes at the same time when you do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's genius. It, it definitely helps with hangovers. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, what's going on business-wise since we last talked? you have any sales the past week? Yep. I had one course sale and two branding package sales, I believe. Yeah. And we actually recorded last week's episode a day later than normal and this week one day earlier than normal. So, yep. a couple of days shorter on the cycle this past week. So, Yep. Um, basically three sales in the last five days. Sounds pretty good. Yep. I'm happy. Man, it, as long as we're talking about course sales, I'll tell you, this, this so it's so cyclical, all right? Monday, you know, today's Wednesday. On Monday, yep. I had a lot of sales on Monday. You want to guess how many sales I had? Six. Eleven. Holy crap. I had 11 sales on Monday. And, uh, and there was about, I had, th- I think, three or four phone calls scheduled and they all bought on the phone call. And then, so I think maybe four, and then I had seven that came through without a phone call. I just, I get, um, I don't do a lot of notifications on my phone, but um, as far as business goes, the only, really the only two things I do notifications wise is when I make a sale just because that's fun. And two is when somebody books a call because I want to be able to go and approve that as quickly as possible, especially if they are looking to talk in about two hours. And Man, my and I've got a smart watch. So every like hour or two, I'd look at my watch. And my wife, my wife would be like, well, "Did you make another sale?" I'd be like, yeah. And uh, and it was it was like it was it was higher dollar stuff too. I got several of my top end package, and so it was like as far as revenue, it was like a three thousand dollar day. Wow, that's crazy. Why did why did they all flood in on Monday? Do you know? No, and that's what I I was I was prefaced that with it's so cyclical, right? So that was Monday. Tuesday, I had one sale and it was my bottom in package. Today's Wednesday and let me check, but I don't think I've made any sales so far today. Um, I don't have any phone calls scheduled for today. I've got one on the books for tomorrow. But I mean, that's just, I just want to iterate how, how cyclical this can be. It comes in waves for me too. I've noticed that. I'll, sometimes I'll get a little nervous for like a week or two. Like, man, no one's really buying. And then all of a sudden, I'll have one week or one or two weeks where just, you know, sales like triple. It's very strange. Yeah, and if we can, if we can pinpoint why these things are, that would help us. Um, I can tell you that my assumption is why I didn't have many sales yesterday is because it was the Fourth of July. Yep. Um, and that's very much like an outdoorsy, not computer holiday. So I definitely understand that. Now, could that have contributed to more sales the day before? I guess it's possible. I don't completely understand. But I don't want to. I don't want to hash on that too long. I just wanted to 
uh, you know, reiterate to you as well as the audience out there that once you get this stuff going, it's it'd be nice if you could expect the exact same revenue amount every single day, but that's just not the case. Yeah. So, anything else uh, exciting of mentioned in the past week? Uh, nothing else too exciting. I just got started a little bit on that Google AdWords course, uh, and was dozing off a little bit in the first <laughs> section. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's fun to learn. I'm I'm happy to be learning something new. I always love learning stuff. But nothing else too too interesting or too crazy going on. Uh, I can't I can't share that sentiment. I'll be honest with you. Lots going on on my side, um, and mostly exciting stuff. Um, we're still getting settled into the new house. In fact, uh, I just got back from walking to go have some lunch with my wife and daughter and uh, just really enjoying living in this part of town where we can walk almost everywhere. So um, that was really, really cool. And, you know, we're getting really, really settled. I don't have my home office set up yet, but I've been thinking a lot about like designing it and things like that. And, you know, I've been really trying to continue to apply the one thing that we that we've gone over the past two episodes, you know, the one thing by Gary Keller. And so I've got all these things around the house I need to do. I've got my, um, still what I would call a to-do list as opposed to a success list for my business. But I'm asking myself, okay, as far as my business goes, what's the one thing I really need to be focused on that it's going to make everything else easier and necessary. And at this point is getting my office set up because right now there's a lot of distractions. I've got a temporary desk set up in my bedroom but my wife needs to come in and you know change or something i mean she's uh she knows that we're recording a podcast right now so she's not going to walk in but um during eight to five normal working hours she's not i'm I'm not going to let her not come in here you know Mm -hmm. and so i've really been focused on designing my she can go in there and change if she wants i don't (laughs) i don't mind Let's, uh, I'm just going to move right along past that. <laughs> okay. um, Good. <laughs> so uh, I'm focused on that. I did a lot of research on, uh, on different things yesterday and the day before, and I purchased a new desk. I'm really excited about. Sweet. Uh, I, I uh, I'm very much a standing desk guy, but it's nice to be able to sit when you need to sit. Like if it was leg day that morning, and I just need to sit. So I got a cool. Um, uh, it's got a little hand crank that allows it to go up and down yep, and it fits perfectly in the space. That was the biggest challenge because there's a lot of people that make these desks that are adjustable, Yeah, but um, my space is kind of unique. So I finally found the, uh, the right size desk I needed. And um, that's the big, the big piece that's going to make everything else come together. Uh, the other thing that, that I really worked on this morning before we got on the call is, is trying to finalize like my camera setup because you know another another conclusion or thing i come to when i ask myself that question like more going forward um as a day-to-day thing what's the one thing i could do for my business that's going to make everything else easier or necessary and it's videos it's 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 consistent youtube videos because that is um that's proven to be a good source of traffic for my, for my website it's free and it it does really well at building trust so I asked myself that question and it ties into my home office a little bit because one of the, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, but it's, there's a lot of setup um, involved with filming a video. There's a lot of barriers. You've got to, you've got to get your camera set up. You got to get the angles right. You got to get the lighting right. You got to get the sound right. And I want to have a setup in my new office to where when I want to record a video, 
I hit like two buttons and I'm off and running, you know? Yep. Lower the barrier to entry. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really, I mean, Monday through Friday, there's no reason I can't do a video a day, you know, just kind of make it, make it part of the daily ritual. And, and that could be like the one thing I need to make sure I get done that day. Cause I asked myself that question about my business and it's super important. And I make a video one time and I can reuse it as a Facebook ad or in an email, this and that. It's just super powerful. You'll probably have a process eventually for, you know, I forget what they call it, like atomizing or something like that, where they, you know, you take one piece of content and you turn it into a bunch of pieces of content. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I don't have, even if, even at my last house, I didn't have a setup that was very easy to do what, do what I'm talking about. So I was looking for new cameras and things like that. I'm, I use GoPros. Um, up to this point, I use GoPros, but there's a lot of limitations with GoPros. I, I'm pretty happy with the video quality of a GoPro and it's kind of simple, but what's not easy is like having to constantly replace batteries in them and like taking them in and out of the case. And, um, there's a lot of limitations. So I made, I made a list of things I would like to see in a camera and I started doing research on what to buy. And so what I was looking for was something I could plug into the wall and um, just have it always plugged into the wall. So all I need to do is turn on the camera and I can start recording and don't have to worry about swapping in batteries in and out and stuff like that. Um, because there's nothing worse than going, you're all, you've got everything ready to go. You're ready to record videos and you've got no charged batteries and you've got to wait two hours to charge a battery. That's important. Yeah. The next thing that was important to me was having some sort of way to transfer or view files wirelessly so that I don't have to pop SD cards in and out of the camera. And so if I can manage the storage on the camera from my, either my phone or my, um, laptop, that will be a huge time saver as well. So what I'm getting at is I want some sort of, and I'm, and I'm just going to kind of mount this to my wall probably. So I want that all set up in place so that I could walk into the studio or my office, power on, hit record, and I'm off and running. And I, uh, it's, so I've did several hours of research on, on how to do this, but I think I've got it figured out and I've already got good lights. So I'm just going to have those set up in my office. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Are you doing a teleprompter or anything like that? It depends what video I've got a teleprompter already. Yeah. My pre-launch content, which we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about our funnels today, but my pre-launch content where I've got like 20 to 30 minute videos, which is way longer than YouTube videos. Yeah. I did use a teleprompter, which, um, which it's really cool. You know, when I think of teleprompter, I think of like the president or something reading off a really fancy teleprompter. But it's really just a physical device that you can put like your phone or tablet on that um, that reflects off a clear piece of glass, the, the words cycling through, and then your camera is behind that, uh, that glass. And so, um, I bought one for like $150 on Amazon a couple years ago. I think you can, you can pay five or $600, but the one I had gotten was great and I still use it, but I don't make a teleprompter part of my regular process because it's another barrier, right? I'm not going to have that set up. And I also don't like having to just read a script either. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't come across as natural. Yeah. So the, the way that I like to do short videos is actually with jump cuts. Are you familiar with that process? 
Yeah, you just kind of rec- think of what you want to say, record a short segment, and then think of what you want to say next, record another short segment, and cut them together, basically, right? Exactly. It's very popular on YouTube, and it's one of the reasons it's popular is because it's effective, yet one of the easier ways. You don't have to memorize a whole script. What you do is, even if you're into scripting things, you write it, you have your script, and you have it in little pieces, little sections. Yeah. Or you and can I just... think it seems like it actually increases engagement because, like, all the best YouTubers do that constantly. Yeah. So I think it's like, you know, actually, people prefer that to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of pros to it for sure. Um, but what people normally do is just have little, little, um, not not whole scripts, but just ideas, and they look at they look down at their paper, and then they look up and they record that a few sentences, and then they look down, they read what's next, and look up, and it takes more effort on the uh, production side of things and the editing side of things, but it takes way less effort on the recording side of things. Yeah, and so that's that's the idea that I have for my new office in terms of videos. I go in there, I turn the camera on, I hit record. And obviously, I'm going to have to have, you know, my idea for what I'm going to be talking about. But I think I want to apply this both to Piano in 21 Days as well as the online course guide. So um, I haven't put a new video on my Piano in 21 Days channel, YouTube channel in several months. And I don't even have an online course guy channel yet. So I'm looking forward to that. What about as far as um, like soundproofing? Do you have to do anything with that on your new office or? You know, that's one of the things I'm worried about that I haven't done anything with because right outside, so my office is actually going to be, the room is actually going to be half my office, half kind of our guest bedroom. And I'm going to put a partition in between. So it really feels like my own space right there. But right outside that room is the living room. And so my daughter could be right outside, you know, playing with toys or whatever. And I'm not going for perfection. I'm just, I'm going for good enough here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, and you could maybe tell them, you know, assign one hour a day when you're going to typically film. That would have you even more dedicated to it, you know, like 9 a.m., 9 to 10. If you guys could just try and be in a different part of the house or outside or gone during that time, that could, could be the ticket. I, yeah, I like that. That way they know, you know, from these hours I'll be recording. I thought, I mean, a couple other things. My daughter usually naps from 12 to 2. I could do it then. But then that's kind of late in the day if that's really your one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I could do is just wake up at like 5 and, and do that every day from 5 to 7 or something like that. Everybody's sleeping. Everything's quiet. And so my thoughts are, let me just start. I'll do it sometime in the morning and I'll see if the audio is an issue. And if so, I'll probably try to move it up. But we'll see. It's It's going to be a work in progress. But... I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so talked about the new desk, the new camera, uh, the office setup, and so the the last thing I want to do before we jump into today's topic is I'll go over some numbers on my side from June. So I closed the books on June. Uh, today is July the fifth, and so I'll tell you I didn't have as good of a June as I did May. May was a very good month. Uh, but June wasn't as good, and there's a couple of factors I can talk about why it would be. Um, so in in May, you might remember that I sold 109 courses. In June, I sold 102, so that's pretty pretty close right there. Um, but the my revenue and profit were not as high, so my revenue was 24,300. Expenses were just shy of 18,000. 
for a profit of right at uh, right around sixty four hundred dollars. So my profit the month before was about eleven thousand. This month it's about sixty four hundred. And the biggest the biggest factor I would I would uh, I would mention there is I'm spending a lot of money, right? I'm spend, I have a lot of expenses, $18,000 of expenses. Almost all of those expenses are directly responsible for sales, which is good, right? I mean, I'm spending money to make money. There's one big chunk of expense that right now is not directly um, SEO. SEO, SEO. $3,500 I'm spending on SEO per month. And so if I didn't spend that $3,500 this month, my revenue would have been exactly the same. I promise. It would have been exactly the same. Did you spend that 3500 last month? Not quite. Okay. So I just got started with my SEO guy kind of halfway through um, May. And so I only had to pay him like $1,500 in May. So that $1,500 was in the numbers for May. But now this is my first full month with him. So for the first time, I'm spending that 3500 and I still don't have any results from it. So I could have not spent that 3500 made the same revenue and then my profit would have been 10,000 for this month. Which would be which would have been a very good month. Yeah. But I'm electing to reinvest some of my profit into my business for future returns because, you know, we talked as we talked about before, I see a huge potential in SEO for my business. It's not something um that it would have been worth pursuing a couple of years ago, especially without the, the profit to play with. Um, because I recommend getting other traffic streams, um, firing, you know, on all cylinders before that. So I've got AdWords going, I've got Facebook going, I've got other things going. And then it was a good time for me to invest in SEO. Are all of your advertising channels profitable? Yes, I'm working on um, some more detailed reporting for that, so I can see exactly, yeah, get exact data for that type of information. But from what I can see on on kind of a high level, it's very profitable. Well, I say very profitable. It is profitable, but it's like a, a like a one point two, right? I invest a dollar, I get a dollar twenty out, but I can remarket to those people later. So that one point two goes up over time. You're seeing that 1.2 throughout the diff various networks you're advertising, pretty much. Yeah, there's not, there's no one channel that gets me like this crazy return. Mm -hmm. um, with with hopefully the exception of SEO, right? So we'll see. Cool. Yeah. So good questions. And then the other thing, um, the other thing that slightly contributed to a lower month is. I remarket my course. I repitch my course to a segment of my list each month. I've divided my my full list into four different groups, and every uh, every so if you're on my list, you'll get pitched the course every four months. Yeah, and I didn't uh, I didn't start that that kind of process until very late in the month, and so the the first day that 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 segment of my list could buy was like the 28th or the 29th. And so I got a couple of sales from that, but I got several sales on like the first and second of July from that, which really would have been my should have gone toward June. So I was a little late in that process. I was just being lazy. And but that doesn't account for my revenue going from twenty eight thousand down to twenty four five, or maybe it does. I mean, it's it's close. 
Um, and you had the you had the Tim Ferriss sales come through too, didn't you? I did have the yeah. So without the Tim Ferriss sales, my revenue would have been even less. You know, less yeah. than that. So I always I would always see my or I do see my sales go down in the summer with my physical products. I don't know if it's the same. I haven't been tracking this long enough to know for information products, but. I just have a feeling, you know, people hang out outside more and do more family stuff and they're happier. They're getting some sunshine. They're not locked inside all the time. So they're doing a little less purchasing, I feel like. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see as we continue to go over these numbers month to month and as your business continues to grow and you you start getting some good numbers, we'll be able to really look at that and see if, you know, maybe the winter's better or whatever. And you know, I could definitely see in my business the winter being better because what I'm what I'm proposing is an inside activity. Absolutely, I don't know anybody that plays piano outside. Um, whereas yours may be better in the summer. I don't know. Yeah, I think people really think about farming a lot in the winter, and they're they're the people that are actually running farms in the winter times when they're doing more research and stuff and thinking about what they're going to ramp up for the next year and. Uh... In the spring, you know, going into the farmer's market season, people need to get signed up before spring. So, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it does die even a little in the summer for me as well, but stays pretty steady. Yeah, we'll see. So, the only other number that I wanted to share here um, before we move on to our topic is, um, you know, I shared this last time. I've got a spreadsheet where I track uh, my subscription payments or like the payment plan pay- payments. And so, I just want to mention that if I turned everything off and um, shut everything down, I would still get recurring monthly revenue and basically profit from these payment plan payments coming through. And if I I did that for the next 12 months, I would make uh, $24,500. Yeah. That's pretty similar to last month, isn't it? It is. It's actually a little less. Um, I Last month was the first month that my virtual assistant had put those numbers together. And during the course of last month, I noticed a small... uh, problem with the way that she did that. So the number I gave on the last the last month was not actually accurate. So last month would have been close to like 22, 23,000 and for this month over the next 12 months I'm set to make 24,500. Sweet. Which is nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so let's uh let's go ahead and jump over and talk about our topic of the day which is the ultimate sales funnel for selling an online course. Sweet. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because me and you are both using this ultimate sales funnel. I have... I'm using the ultimate sales funnel junior, I would say. <laughs> yeah, but see, the, you're you're using the the parts that get the results. Like all the little tiny little parts that handle like m- really minor exception cases maybe you're missing that but the 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 part that really makes you the sales you're using it so i wouldn't call it the junior version let me talk about that but you uh you defined you know funnel and sales funnel on a previous episode you want to kind of define that those term terms again uh yeah basically it's, it's it's leading them to an action that you want them to take so if you think your product can help them and you want to sell it to them you kind of lead them on a journey and people drop off along the way. You know, there's a lot of people in the very beginning that are interested or, or that enter your sales funnel. And as you go along, you're kind of whittling it down. Less people are taking action, opening the emails, and eventually it leads to, you know, a small, a small area of buyer or small amount of buyers. Why not just have a website that is a sales page and people visit your website, they can buy your product? 
Uh, well, just ba basically, the whole reason for that is scarcity is a, a major motivator for people to purchase. And so it's beneficial a lot of times to have limited windows when people can buy and then you can close down the cart so they can't purchase again. I think that's probably the main reason I would say. And you can kind of warm them up and, you know, let them make sure they understand what they're getting into and if they're the right buyer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I would say the scarcity aspect is one piece. I don't think it's the most important piece. I think the the most important reason, that, and, and especially with the funnel that we're going to be talking about today, is just nurturing that relationship. Yeah. Through this process, you are building an incredible amount of trust with these people and an incredible amount of authority with these people to where by the time that they get to the point where they have an opportunity to buy our product, it's almost a no-brainer, at least for a certain type of person. If they're the right fit and you're doing things right, it's going to be a no-brainer, you know? And, and and I say, especially if you're selling a high dollar amount item, if you're selling a very low dollar amount item, I think having a long sales funnel probably is not a good thing. I agree. But you can take a low dollar item and charge more for it by having a better funnel. Absolutely. So what do you think, what do you think those kind of thresholds are? I mean, when you say low dollar item, what are you referring to? I'd say something under a hundred or under under fifty dollars, you don't really need to make much of a funnel for. You could just have a straight one sales page or one sales video. Um, it's probably kind of what I've done. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't know that. Ha I mean, you can adapt a funnel to whatever you have. Um, this funnel we're going to talk about today works really well for selling a you know medium priced online course. If you have a $5,000 online course, well, there might be some different things you could tweak in this funnel. Or if it's $50, as you're alluding to, maybe you just use some version of this funnel, but maybe it's kind of like a shorter a shorter window uh, or the whole funnel is just kind of shorter. But the funnel we're going to be talking about today, I would say is good for anything from like $100 to $1,000 for sure, probably even $2,000. Yep, I agree. So let's talk about how this funnel works. So as we mentioned, um, neither my website nor your website can you just go and buy the product, the online course from the website. The you are directed uh, you are directed to give an email address in exchange for something free. In my case, it's a five day workbook. In your case, it's a quick start guide. And so we've uh, you know one of the big pieces of this funnel is, is getting people to want to enter it, um, at least enter the email side of things. So you really want to incentivize people to give you their email address because the majority of this funnel is going to happen via email. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to create some compelling offer, something free that we can give people to get their email address. Once we get their email address, they enter the, the email marketing part of the funnel. Um, I personally have tried several different email marketing, uh, email autoresponder softwares. Um, I've tried Entreport. I've tried Aweber. I've tried uh, Infusionsoft. Um, and I've, I use ActiveCampaign. And to me, it's the best of all of them. Um, it's, it's just, um, it kind of has the best features of all those. And it's perfect for this this particular funnel. It's perfect for absolutely perfect for. And I know since we've started talking, Nate, you've switched to ActiveCampaign, and I think you agree with some of what I'm saying about it. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I really like it. I think Drip might be on similar turf, but uh, Active Campaign's awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things about Drip. I think that's the one that Lead Pages purchased. Yeah. Which I've used Lead Pages as well, and that's pretty good software too. And you can build you can build this funnel in just about any of them. It's just that in some it's going to be easier, some it's going to be harder. I know that when I was using AWeber, this funnel was pretty much impossible to build. Since then, they've implemented some more automation type stuff, which so I'm guessing today we could build it in AWeber, but I'm thinking it's still going to be way easier in Active Campaign. Yeah. Same thing with MailChimp. It's it wasn't possible when I was with them. I'm sure it will be soon enough, but you couldn't move someone to one to a different email list and unsubscribe them from the one. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've got I've got my funnel built in Active Campaign and Another cool feature is I can just share this and into somebody else's account. So that's exactly what I did with you, Nate. I shared this funnel and then all you had to do was go in and you had to modify the emails to fit your business, but you left kind of the main pieces in place. And so one thing that I'm you know, offering to people listening to this podcast is if you sign up for an active campaign account through my affiliate link, then I will share this uh, funnel with you as well. So to do that, you just go to theonlinecourseguide.com slash active campaign. And if you just go ahead and sign up uh, for your active campaign account through that link, I'll share this with you. And um, and you do get a, uh, a free trial, I believe. Is that right, Nate? Do you know you get a free trial? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I didn't because I wanted him to migrate all my contacts and you have to have a paid account to do that. But yeah, they do. I think they do offer a 30 day. Right. So if you want to just try it out to see what I'm talking about, um, I'm looking now it's a 14 day free trial of active campaign and the pricing for active campaign um, is it's pretty reasonable, but it very much depends on how many contacts you have. So I know you Nate are paying like $45 a month for active campaign and you've got a few thousands, few thousand contacts got i think i just upgraded i think i'm paying like 70 now and i have 5500 yeah there you go so i actually just had to upgrade yet again i was paying about 350 dollars for an up to twenty five thousand contact plan but now i'm over twenty five thousand email addresses and i just have to upgrade had to upgrade now i'm paying 700 and something dollars but i think for the mo- majority of people out there um are going to be you know, well under that, at least when you're getting started. So it's pretty reasonable when you're, when you're just getting started for sure. So let's, let's go down this, um, this automation here. So when people subscribe, one of the first things that happens is they get an email and the the email is, you know, kind of like, welcome, you know, welcome to piano in 21 days or whatever, whatever it is you have. Here's the, whatever the free offer was. So what you do is you don't just direct people to the free offer as soon as they opt in because you want people to be checking their emails from you. You want people to get in the habit of getting emails from you, clicking on emails from you, and you want to make sure they're getting the email from you. So if you just automatically redirect people to the free offer as soon as they opt in, well, the email, your all your future emails could go to their spam folder and they never see it. But if you incentivize people to want to go check for that very first email, then you're going to have a better chance of reaching them later when you want to make a sale. Yeah, and that first email's got good stuff in it, so you're conditioning them that your emails have good stuff in them, which is definitely a good thing. 
That's a, yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good point as well. So I can kind of read what my first email says. It says, uh, Hey, you know, Nate, it'll put whatever first name you have. Uh, Jacques here. I want to officially welcome you to my world. Piano wasn't always easy for me. In fact, I struggled with it for a very long time until I found a better way. Maybe you have struggled too, or maybe you're brand new to piano and looking for the best way to learn. Either way, I've got some really cool stuff to share with you about learning the piano that literally no one else out there is teaching. Stay tuned and you'll see what I mean. Uh, Jacques, uh, quote unquote, your new piano buddy, Hopkins. And then P.S. Here's the link to the free five-day workbook and I include the link. And then P.P.S. It says you're officially on the wait list for the newest version of my pull program. Stay tuned for more details. So we didn't talk about that, but one of um, another incentive to kind of give me your email address is I say, you know, the the online course is currently waitlisted, but in the meantime, I've got this free workbook for you. So by giving me your email address, not only are you getting the free workbook, but you're also joining the quote unquote waitlist. And so I just want to make it clear in that email that they are officially on that waitlist as well. So then that happens. And then about two days later, they get the next email from me. And it is an email that says, that talks about kind of the schedule for the next week or two, what 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 their inbox is going to look like from me for the next week or two. It talks about how I'm going to send them, I'm going to be sending them three completely free videos uh, with training. And then after the third video, there's going to be an opportunity to buy my the newest version of my full program. And I use a software called Deadline Funnel so that each and every person that comes through here, they get their own unique dates filled into that email. Uh, and it works really, really well. Everybody basically is going to have their own personal launch period or open cart period where they can buy or not buy. And so that email is really cool. Um, and so people can kind of, you know, they can put things on the calendar if they want to, and they can really look forward to what's coming for me. So I could just send them a video and they could be like, oh, this is a great video, but not really know what else is in store. And so I want to make it clear that, um, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be too like fishy about things either. Like I want to make it clear that yes, I'm sending you a lot of free stuff, but I'm also going to want to make some money from you too, as long as like there's some value in this for you. And so sometimes every once in a while, I'll get an email from people and be like, you know, I thought all this was free. Why are you, you know, th this seems scammy. Now you want to charge me money. Um, but, and I usually reply to those people like, how else, like, how else do you want me to feed my family or something like that? It's like, I don't, I don't work for free. Do you work for free? And I'm usually nicer about it than that. But I really want to give a bunch of stuff away for free so that people can learn from me. They can figure out if this is going to be a fit. And like I said earlier, they can figure, you know, if, if it's the right fit, then buying the full program, if they can afford it, it's really going to be a no brainer. And then at the end of the day, even if they don't buy from me, whether it's not a fit or they just can't afford it, hopefully I've still provided value to the world. Absolutely. So that email is just kind of the schedule. And then the next, uh, and, and I think at the end it says, you know, stay tuned for the next video coming tonight. So that first video comes that night. And it's the first of three videos in the infamous Jeff Walker style uh, product launch formula style um, pre-launch and launch. So if you've never heard of that, um, you can 
You can find more information about that. I think it's productlaunchformula.com or he's got a book called Launch by, by Jeff Walker. That And he's really the one that created this sales technique of, of providing value in three videos um, before you ask for the sale. So what you do is you put together three videos anywhere from like five minutes to 30 minutes or if you're Nate Dotson, an hour and six hours. Yep. <laughs> I have mine are all over the board. Ten first video is 10 minutes, the next two are over an hour. Yeah, so I think that clearly demonstrates that the length doesn't so much matter as the effectiveness of your marketing and the content of those videos. Yeah. So you're going to want to put three videos together and within each video, you want to follow the PAS formula, problem, agitate, solve. So in the old school, you know, sale online sales uh, techniques, you'd have a sales page and you would you would just have this one page and you would constantly in your text on that page, you would talk about a problem with whatever the um, the subject is that you're talking about. And then you agitate that problem, talk about how bad that problem is. And then you talk about how your solution solves that problem. And you kind of want to do that within each video in this style. And so um, to, to an extent. So just to give you an example, you know, my three videos, the first one's called eight reasons traditional piano lessons don't work. So the problem is traditional piano lessons. And I talk about how those are geared toward, um, people that just want to be like professional pianists and they're not targeted at just the casual pianist that just wants to sit down and play songs as quickly as possible. I agitate that problem by talking about um, how there's just so much tedious practice and drills and scales with those lessons and how you could, I mean, literally take those lessons for a year without ever having even played a song yet. And so that video is probably 15 minutes long, just talking about the problems with that. And, you know, at, toward the end, I talk about how mine is different and how with my methods and my I don't really talk about my course yet in the first video. I just talk about like my methods and everything, um, how those, my methods don't have those things and you'll learn songs as quickly as possible. So that's how I use the PAS in that first video. Um, let me, let me just talk about my three videos and then I'll let you talk about your three, Nate. So my second video is called a new way to think about your piano and that that one is about how the piano for people just seems like just such a daunting thing. Like they look at it and if they don't know how to play it, um, it's just like so overwhelming right at the beginning. And it, it causes people not even want to get to want to get started. And so, um, of course I kind of agitate that problem for a while. And then the solution is me at the keyboard, just like introducing them to the keyboard and giving these quick tips on how to think about their keyboard to make it so much less intimidating. And I get a lot of comments under those videos um, just thanking me for you know demystifying the piano and people are just saying that they're seeing their piano in a whole different way now and that they like it gives them hope that they can actually learn to play it. And so I don't do a lot of like, I don't like teach a song in that video necessarily, but I give people hope in video two. And then in video three, that's where I start teaching some songs. Mm-hmm. And so in video three, it's called my exact five-step song learning process. And in that, the problem is that um, learning songs on the piano can take a really long time. Um, If you have to go buy like sheet music, it can be expensive um, and it can be really, really difficult. 
And I agitate that problem. I talk about all my struggles with it. And then I give, I tell them my exact five-step song learning process. And I go through three popular songs. I go through the exact five steps and I can show them exactly how they could learn songs on the piano um, quickly, uh, way easier than normal methods. And for no, like it's free, like the how to find the chords and everything and how to find how to play the song is free. Obviously my course isn't free, but people could take those three videos and they could run, you know, they could accomplish a lot on the piano with just those three videos, but I don't give away all of my secrets and all of my training. Um, and at the, toward the end of the third video, I say that, you know, if you want to take this further, if you want to implement some more of these advanced techniques, then you may be a good candidate for my full program. And I start talking about my full program at the end of video three. All right. So, you know, when when me and you, Nate, started talking, you kind of had your course put together, but you didn't have any of this, this funnel and these pre-launch videos is what they're called. And so I talked to you about putting some together, you know, the, the problem agitate solve. And, um, and I think that's a big reason. These videos are a big reason for some of this recent success you've had over the last month with all these sales. What do you think? Yeah, I agree for sure. I think that seems to be working great. So what are your uh what do your videos look like? So my first video is just kind of prepping the next two. I just kind of go over the top three reasons why most microgreens businesses fail. It's a shorter ten minute video. Uh, I talk about that the you know the reasons they typically fail is people aren't focusing enough on sales and the sales process. They're not like creating and dialing in their systems and schedules so that their timing is all set. They're harvesting stuff when they need to, you know, so they can pr promise chefs when stuff will be available. And then the third, the third reason is just tons of little problems that crop up. There's all these little things that just kind of eat away at your profit margin and frustrate you in the beginning. So I talk about that in video one and video two, I get into the first two microgreens business killers, not creating systems and lack of sales focus. And I talk for a little bit on the camera and then I jump onto a PowerPoint and go through those on PowerPoint. And I talk a little bit about my course, um, just like, you know, these things I'm teaching you guys, you can implement them or, you know, later on in the week, I'm going to tell you about my course that. Can help you with this too so if you want to implement this stuff maybe hold off a couple days just to see if you're interested in the course and that'll be kind of be a little bit of a shortcut if you need it and then in video three i talk about the tons of little problems and how you can kind of solve that and that's basically basically the way to solve that is to buy my course or you know someone else's course i don't really say that but you could basically is just to get some really good training up front and you can go when you buy my course, you go through with me, go through videos for two weeks. And I show you everything I'm doing in my, my microgreens business. And I'm giving you all the tools that I use to dial in my timing and my systems and my schedule and my sales and all that kind of stuff. And that's a that's a webinar as well. Or that's a um, PowerPoint as well. Most of the time it's me talking for a little bit and then PowerPoint. And that PowerPoint is based around Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels, his perfect webinar script. So mine is kind of like a hybrid where I'm doing the product launch formula and the perfect webinar script in inside that same funnel. And I haven't really, the, the cart is open then after video three for me, I don't wait. Um, I actually open at the end of that video. That's my basic three video funnel. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of recording videos, 
I think you have a good combination of you on camera plus PowerPoint slides teaching type stuff. Um, for me, I'm, I'm showing people how to play the piano. So I'm on camera the whole time. And I would say half the time it's like me talking into the camera. The other half is like more focused on my hands on the keys. But I think, I think with yours, everybody's going to be different. But I think, like I said, you have a good combination of, of just screencast of PowerPoint slides plus you. I don't recommend that anybody just does the screen. Like it's good to have you on camera. Some people are afraid of that, but, um, but I, you know, several of the, the first time I did this, most of my, most of the time was on PowerPoint slides, but I get better at it every time I've redone these three videos like four times. Wow. And so one question I had for you, Nate, since this is the first time that you put these three videos together is, is if you had to do it over again, and I'm sure you will one day, what would you change? What would you do differently? Um, I, I'd probably try and shorten the videos and even out the length a little bit. I think it'd be better to have like three 20 to 30 minute videos rather than the 10 minute and the two hour long ones. And honestly, I would, you know, I would test, I think some people do like long videos and especially the webinars. I would test trying to send them these individually. Um, in resending them if they don't if they aren't opening them before you move them on to the next video just really doing something to get them to make sure they view them but i guess that doesn't have to do with the video material uh basically i would probably just look at my numbers and see if one of the videos isn't converting that well and try and re-record that video and shorten it and I don't know if you can go into YouTube and check your stats on private video, unlisted videos and see if where people are dropping off. But I think that would be something useful to do as well. Yeah, I think you can on YouTube, but the best stats I've seen for video is with Wistia. And these videos that I'm talking about now, I host them on Wistia, which is uh, a good bit more expensive than hosting on something like YouTube, which would be free. Yeah. But you get way better stats, so you can see that information uh, better on Wistia. I think it's about $50 a month. But people have written me back on all the videos and say that they thought the video was great. I would probably, before I redid them, I would want to do some research and talk to some of my customers and find out what they thought of each video. Yeah, I think the best the, the best way to know what to, if you re-record them, the best way to know is simply what people are saying about them. And so what we recommend here is um, that people have a comment system of some sort underneath the videos because that provides just like some community. Um, it provides like some authority. If people are actually commenting, you know, my videos have hundreds of comments underneath them. And so having the comments down there shows people, shows other people that people are, they're not the only ones watching these videos that people are commenting on them, on them, but I read every one of those comments. And if I get the same like feedback, uh, constantly on those videos, then I know it's time to kind of re-record. And so, for example, you know, I mentioned I've, I've recorded these three videos like three or four different times. I'm ready to do it again. And I'll tell you what I change. I'm missing some sales. I know I am based on these videos. I think they're very good now, but I think they could be even better. And I think the sales I'm missing are the people that who are getting too overwhelmed by these three videos that they think that my course is going to be too complicated for them. Mm -hmm. 
And what I tell those people, and I'm glad when those people verbalize that to me, whether it's underneath one of the videos or it's through an email. And what I tell those people is like, look, these, these free videos, take these more as just what's possible on the piano as opposed to you just like actually trying to follow along step by step. Because I, I, I teaching so much, I'm sharing so much information in these videos in in such a short amount of time that people like, they just get so overwhelmed, especially that they never played piano before. You know, I've mentioned my audience skews older. And so what I want to do differently is take things way more step by step, like, okay, do this, then do this. And, and then just make it really clear when I'm switching and saying like, okay, if you take my full program, here's what that could look like. Don't try to follow along, but this is what it could look like. And if you want to learn how to do this in my full program, you'll have to, um, you know, sign up for the full program. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. So I'm excited about doing that. And I think, um, I was very, very happy and excited about my the, la- the version I have up now when I did it. I thought it's the best I could ever do. Yeah. But having hundreds and hundreds of comments later from the people that have seen these videos, it's very clear that that's something I need to do now. And so your market will tell you, you know, point you in the direction you need to go. That's cool. Yeah, that's something I would change too is as adding, asking for comments on video too. I forgot to when I recorded it. Um. I didn't even really realize until I was building the landing page or the the web web page for it. And so I didn't even include a commenting system below that video. Um, in my video one, the, the comments that I kind of asked for in my video, I was like, that's really negative thing. Like to ask them to comment about it was more of like a negativity thing. Like, you know, what are you guys most scared about or something like that? I forget exactly what I say, but I was like, I want to change it to what are they more excited about? So I tell them to leave a comment. What are they most scared about? And then I was, and then that goes to the next, it just words pop up on the screen that say, actually, just let me know what you're most excited about instead. So I think that's probably a little confusing for people, but I'm still getting quite a bit of decent bit of comments on there regularly. Yeah. So I think the, the longer you leave these up and the more people that go through the funnel, the better and more feedback you're going to get on how you would redo it. I think it's still very fresh to even be thinking about, okay, what would I change about these videos? But you've got some good ideas and you're going to continue to get more ideas on how how to redo it. Yeah. Now, uh, in terms of, yeah, comments under videos, that's a very good thing. Um, just to give an example, you know, what I ask for at the end of my videos, the end of the first video, I ask people to tell me if they've taken traditional piano lessons before and if they have, what they thought about it. And it's funny reading those because everybody's like, yeah, you know, I, I was like you, you know, it sucked all the drills, um, which is great. That's exactly what I want from people. Yeah. And then in video two, I asked them to tell me what's, um, what's the one thing that I mentioned in that video that just really demystified the piano the most, right? What, what, what one thing that I say that has helped them the most in that video. And in the third video where I talk about the song learning process and start to get people um, interested in taking the full course is I ask people, Hey, what is the one song that you would just love to play on the piano? What's that one song that you're going to take these five steps and you want to start going through those five steps immediately. And so I just get a bunch of people just commenting with songs and it gets them thinking about how cool it would be for them to play that one song on the piano and hopefully want to sign up for my course to be able to play that song and hopefully many others. 
All right, so that's the that's the three videos, which is probably the most important piece of this whole thing because that's what's really building the trust. It's it's uh, building the trust with you as a person. It's um, it's building the trust with you as a teacher that they're actually going to be able to learn from you. And you, you know, the one thing we didn't really talk about as critical pieces to these videos is telling stories. You want to tell stories about you, about your past, about your life. You want to come across as as real of a person as possible. You know, I talk about how I'm married and have a kid and um, I talk about my personal life for sure, but I also mix in a lot of stories about the piano. And so I talk about, you know, I talk about how when I was five years old, which is when I first started taking traditional piano lessons, um, I had this concert and I actually have pictures from when I was five of me at the piano. And you could tell I was like, not happy. I'm sitting at the piano. I'm like, I'm like sad. But then there's another picture of me and I'm wearing like the suit. It's clearly the same event, but I've got like cake all over my face. And so I talk about how I remember um, hating the the piano part, but I love the cake from that recital because I was just five years old and they had me doing something stupid on the piano and not something I enjoyed. Um, I talk about uh, an experience I had with sheet music about how I went to the store and I found some sheet music and I had to pay like 40 bucks for it. And then I got home and I was really excited to play it. And cause it was finally like a song that I wanted to play and it took me like six months to learn it, you know? Mm-hmm. So stories are important. I'm sure you've got stories in your videos too. Yeah. I've got a little bit of story in there, but that's something else I would like to get more in there. Just thinking about, you know, you talking about that right now. I think my stories are pretty general. Like, telling them this is what you need to do. And because I fa- because I failed at doing this, instead of telling them specifically the story of when I failed doing that, so they could re- relate more to that. And But I do talk about, you know, some of my first couple of checks I got from restaurants and how exciting it was and stuff like that. Yeah. Story, super important. If you watch my, my three videos, you'll notice there's several stories within each one. Yeah. So that's for sure. So jumping back to like the main email campaign, you know, we're emailing out these videos. We're telling people to watch them. We're telling people to comment on them, things like that. And um, there's only, there's one other email that I kind of send in between these three videos before the card actually opens. And I really want people to not only comment on underneath my videos, but I want people, I like when people reply to my emails as well. Like I just, I want this to be interactive. I want people to know I'm real. And so I throw in an email here between video two and three. And the subject is, um, I put their first name in the subject, comma, what has limited you in learning the piano? Parentheses, please reply. And in that email, I talk about, um, actually, let me just read that email to you because it's got some good stuff in it. It says, uh, for example, Nate, comma, I hope you've enjoyed the first two videos in my new free video series. Feedback has been awesome to say the least. Now, I have long since learned piano myself, but I know anytime I'm thinking about learning something new, a few things happen inside of me. Think about it. I tell myself I don't have time. I think about it or I talk myself out of it. Think about it some more. I procrastinate some more. The important thing is to simply take action. Imagine if I would have never taken action and learned piano myself, I wouldn't be able to do things like being able to relax at my piano after a long day, having jam sessions with friends, teaching others how to play, play my daughter to sleep, playing in the band at church. I'd love to hear what your number one limiting factor has been that has held you back from learning piano at this point. Simply reply to this email 
parentheses, yes, I'm a real person on the other side of this email and let me know. Don't be shy. Reply and let me know what your limiting factor has been on the piano. Together, we are going to crush this limit and get you on a path to success. And then the, and then it says Jacques and it says, P.S. Before you ask, video number three is on its way to you tomorrow. Keep an eye out. And so this just gets people to have even more interaction with me. And I every day I get responses to this email. And most of the time it's uh, it's time. Like I just, you know, don't have time for it or haven't had time for it. Sometimes it's money um, or maybe it was money in the past and now they're, you know, now they're working a job and they couldn't afford it or um, or they'll tell me about how they took traditional piano lessons and didn't get anywhere with it. So it's a, it's a good opportunity to get some feedback from people ahead of the sale and figure out what their personal issue has been. And about half the time, it depends what the issue is, but about half the time I'll, I'll, I'll do a very, very soft pitch for the course. And I'll, and I'll just say like, you know, I'll kind of respond to whatever they said and they'll be, and then I'll say, you know, so are you planning on enrolling in my course uh, in a couple of days? Um, and that really sets, you know, sets it up nicely for when they get that actual offer. Well, they've had a personal one-on-one conversation with me about the, about the course. Yeah. When you ask them, are you planning to enroll? And they write back and they say, yes. Would you send them a link to the checkout page right then and there? (laughs) Uh, it depends. It depends. Um, I'll tell you like, I think Monday, one of my sales came on Monday because somebody had just down, downloaded the workbook yeah. and they were like, they re- replied to that email and they were like, okay, I'm convinced like, this is incredible. Like, I don't want to go through this whole process. Just tell me how I can buy. And so what I usually do for cases like that is if I've got a little availability during the day, I'll say, okay, um, I can sign, everything's ready. I can sign you up over the phone if you want, send me your phone number. And so that's a really like low, um, the low barrier thing. They just reply with their phone number. I pick up the phone, I call them. The other thing I can do is tell them to book a call with me. Um, but that's a little more steps. And if they're that hot to buy, like I want to have as little amount of steps as possible. Every once in a while, if I'm just not, like not in the mood for a phone call or just don't have the time, I'll send them, I'll go ahead and send them the form to buy now. But that's not a great thing to do because then they have that link forever and they can sit on it and there's no scarcity. Um, so I like doing the phone thing in that case. Okay. That's good to know. I've been curious about that because same thing, people write me and, and it, I like what they wrote. And I want to reply back and I'm just like, hope you check out the, hope you decide to check out the course. really think you'd be great for it. Help you a lot. Stuff like that. I definitely do a, a similar thing with a soft pitch when I reply back. Yeah. And if they say like, you know, really looking forward to the course coming out or something like that, I'm, I'm, that's great. I just leave it at that. And nine times out of 10, they buy when it's available. But if they're like, oh my gosh, I need to start right now. Like they're just like crazy hot to buy. That's when I'll do the, the like try, uh, that's when I'll actually try to sell to them right away. Did they, if they say I'm really looking forward to the course coming out, do you ever, would you tag that at all as like something to follow up on in 10 days to see if they bought or not buy? And and you could always write them back and say, Hey, you said you were, you know, excited about the course. I noticed you didn't buy any reason why or something like that. Oh, totally. Every time there's a, there's a lead, there's somebody in my email that says they're going to buy or says they're extremely interested or something like that. I always have like follow up reminders. Yeah. Um, because 
that's uh, sometimes it just takes a follow up. People forget about it or they get busy. And so I don't know what like email system you use. Do you just use like Gmail or what? Yeah, I actually use Inbox by Gmail. Good. It, it's awesome for the, and I just started doing this follow-up stuff like the last couple of weeks, man. You just put, drop that pin on and I click follow-up on, or some of them I just say generic follow-up and some of them I'll say like follow-up in two weeks and then it'll ask you if you want to snooze it and you can just snooze it and it pops right back in at the right time. It's it's amazing. That's that's what I was going to tell you. Inbox, Inbox by Gmail, I think is what it's called and it is incredible. It is so far and away better than Gmail. Oh yeah, I love it. Gmail was good. It's not it's not a knock on Gmail. It's just that inbox is so much better. So if you're using Gmail now, it sounds like both of us highly recommend you go ahead and switch over to inbox, which is a super easy thing to do. Yeah. Because it's got features like that where you can snooze it. So what I'll do is if I see something like that and they're like talking about how they're gonna buy it, or it'll be even people like within the in the that do have an open cart currently talking about how they're gonna buy it. And they have no reason not to buy it right now. I'm just waiting on them to do it. Like I'll just snooze it till the next day. And most of the time they will have bought it by then. But if they hadn't, I'll probably send a um a follow email and I'll just be like, Hey, I noticed you haven't enrolled yet. Is there any questions I can answer for you or whatever? Yep. That's what I do. Real quick reply. Anything I can help you with? Are you still planning on enrolling? And and I'll you know, I'll send them that like once or twice and then I'll just archive it. Absolutely. So it sounds like we're on the same page with that. So moving on, uh, after the third video, the next email I send about a day later says, reminder, enrollment in Piano in 21 Days opens tomorrow morning. And so that's just people, uh, just getting people even hopefully more excited, amped up, um, ready to go. Just a reminder that it's, you know, it's not available now, but it will be tomorrow morning. And uh, so I send that email and then the next morning starts the five-day open cart period. Um, and and it's, the subject is enrollment in piano in 21 days is open, parentheses, next five days only. And for, for these five days, um, I'm basically sending out an email a day. And toward the end, it's more like two emails a day. But what I want to mention here at this point is this is where I kind of... Uh, stray from 100% of what like Jeff Walker would recommend is that my pitch for the open cart is not necessarily trying to drive people to a web page to buy my product. It's driving people to a web page to book a phone call with me. Mm-hmm. And there's several reasons for that. It's a lot lower barrier for people to click and book a 15-minute phone call with me than it is to pay me 100 somewhere between 100 and 500 dollars on a click and so people book phone calls with me and then on the phone um, they're obviously very very interested once we're on the phone but i've got um, a process i go through go through it's very very like not salesy at all like i don't do any sort of hard sales pitches or anything but i just come across as hopefully very genuine and i've got this sequence that i run through that seems to work really well once i'm on the phone with these people and i do a lot of my sales on the phone now, for a while, um, when that first email came, they could only they could only uh, book a phone call with me. But since you know a couple months ago, I added like a PS at the bottom of that first open cart email that says, you know, PS, if you're ready to buy right now and you don't want to talk on the phone, um, you can you can do so right here. Hmm. And 
I, that is that's worked pretty well because those people that just are ready to go right now, they want to buy it no matter what. It gives them that opportunity. Well, that without having to um, take fifteen to twenty minutes of my time, which is nice. If, if they're going to buy anyway without a phone call, then I want them to be able to do that because I want to continue to be able to scale my business. Is that on? Is that on all the emails then until cart closes? No, just that's just one. on the first one. I've thought about adding it to more emails, but I haven't done that. Is it on the landing page for that last where they book a call? Is it on the book a call uh, web page at all? It no, says not they at can all. Just buy? No, okay. not at all. If they click on the first link in that first email, it's going to take them to page that all it's all it's trying to get you to do is book that phone call with me. Okay. Yeah, and so the phone call, um, selling an online course through a phone call, you know, not a lot of people are doing that because it's kind of old school. You know, we've got all this technology, we, everything's on the internet. Um, and it's cool to just like make a sale without basically having done nothing, um, to make that sale that's passive income. So it's not really trendy or hip to make a sale on a phone call, but it can, it can really work. And if, if, you know, once this online course thing, like once it's somebody's like full-time job, like it's really cool doing the phone calls, you know? And so I think that one, one future episode we can, of this podcast, we can go over that process, like that script for making a successful sale on these phone calls. How much do you think it increases your sales doing the phone calls? I don't know if I've asked you that before. I feel like maybe I have, but yeah, I'm sure you have. Um, I don't know. I don't know the exact answer to that. Yeah. I know there are people that wouldn't buy without the phone call because I get the people that book phone calls, they have questions. Like they have, they have very legitimate and good questions for me. And that's the main reason I guess that they want to get on the phone is because like they're interested, but like they appreciate the opportunity to speak with me to get their personal uh, answers, questions answered. Yeah. I, I think this will be really valuable when I try this out because people have a lot of questions for me as well. I've noticed. Yeah. And, you know, if I was on the other side of things, if I'm looking to enroll in an online course, I know that's something I would appreciate too. And even if I don't take you up on the phone call, I think that people appreciate even seeing that as an option, you know? And it's funny, I'll get, I'll get some responses from people like in the UK or Australia and they'll be like, they'll be like, I can't... I can't expect you to actually pay to make a phone call all the way to over here. Like, let me just send you my questions via email and then I'll either buy or not buy. And I'm thinking to myself, if you only knew, like I do so many phone calls to your area of the country. Um, it, it's, it's just funny. Yeah. Do you pay, do you have to pay for those long distance calls or what? Yeah, but it's really inexpensive. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it was way more expensive 10 or 20 years ago, but I, my cell phone provider is Google Fi. And it's, they have really good international rates. And sometimes I'll do the international calls on Skype too. And I'm not talking about like username to username Skype. I'm talking about actually dialing up a phone number on Skype. So I've got some money inside of my Skype account, but it's still super inexpensive. I mean, I doubt I've paid over a dollar for any one phone call. Any, I mean, it, we're talking pennies to make these phone calls. And you're only, and you're only offering the phone call to a certain demographic, right? Yeah. So at this point in time, I'm offering a phone call to anybody that goes through this funnel in one of five countries, United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. And it's basically like the big English speaking countries um, because there was a time when I offered a phone call to anybody, 
and people in um in like third world countries that absolutely could not afford this were booking phone calls with me and i mean it was good to talk to them but there was just no way it was going to work out and so i i split the my my automation inside of active campaign based on those five countries versus not in those five countries and if you're not in those five countries you get slightly modified emails that only allow you to buy this online i get a lot of south south africans surprised that that's not one of yours because i get a ton of them yeah you know that may be a good country for me to add i know that i've talked to people in south africa on the phone before back when back when i phone calls were available to anybody so i maybe need to look into adding south africa and i don't get a lot of calls from people in new zealand either so maybe i can swap that out or something Mm mm-hmm so that's the story there. And then the other thing too, you know, I mentioned that trip to Omaha uh, when we were on the call last week and how I can just turn off the phone calls. So what I do is I just shift everybody down that um, that path as if they lived in, didn't live in one of those five countries. You know, within the automation, I can do that if I don't want to take any phone calls for a certain period of time. I can do that. So I mentioned that I'm basically sending one email a day during the the open cart period. So the first email is that it's open. The second email um, says like, guess what? I'm real. And I just kind of give a little story about how I was an engineer. And now, now I teach piano full time and, um, and how I love what I do now and like how the internet can be so impersonal, impersonal and I want to be personal. So let's talk on the phone. Um, The third day I send a case study video. So we talked about in the video testimonial podcast episode about how I got the best video testimonial I got was from this guy in Poland who sent me a 20 minute like course summary. And, uh, and so I, I send that video out on the third day of my launch and says case study, Cuba just finished the course in 19 days. And so he talks people through like exactly what they can expect in the course and how he was able to learn what he learned in just 19 days. And that's really cool powerful email. People really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Fourth day is my questions and answers email. So I collected like 10 of the most common questions people have um, about my course and answer them via email. So that's a really long email. And the subject is just, you've got questions, I've got answers. And then for the people that are in one of those five countries, at the end of the fourth day, I send an email that says, no more calls. Here's here's the link to enroll online. So starting at the end of day four and all of day five, I'm really pitching that people just sign up online, you know, not no phone calls. Yeah. And then there's two more emails here for the open cart period. At the beginning of day five, it says piano in 21 days closes tonight. And, um, and then a few hours before the deadline, there's a last call and final chance email that goes out. And what I find is most sales happen on the first day and the last day of the open cart. Mm -hmm. And then there's one more email that I implemented based on you, Nate. All right. So two days after the last email, I send one more email. And the subject is you didn't enroll, question mark. Yep. And this was a a good, I thought you had a really good idea doing this. And I was hesitant to do it just to like not send yet another email. Because over the course of two weeks, man, we're sending a lot of emails, a lot of emails. But um, I implemented this and 
over the past few days since I've implemented, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people um, on this on this email. So I think so today, so far today, I've gotten four replies. So I can give you some examples of replies I'm getting. So this one says, sorry, but the window of time I had planned on using for the course closed and I've had to delay taking it up. Maybe I can try it at a later time. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Boom. Follow up. Yeah. So I'm going to follow up with him. Bam. Yep. Um, this one says it was 4th of July weekend. Couldn't even keep up with your emails. And what I felt was a pressured mandate when my focus on a holiday weekend is my daughter, a turn off when this seems like it could be a great program. So this is great, Nate, because this guy obviously like was interested in my program, but my marketing was turning him off. And he thinks you're purposely doing it during the holidays. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So if he didn't verb, if he didn't actually communicate his feelings via this email, then when I repitch the course in four months, then he he may have already unsubscribed by then. But now I have an opportunity to hopefully explain to him, you know, why I do the things the way that I do, how I'm sorry that it, ha- you know, that it fell on a time when he was super busy. But I really hope to have him next time. Or hey, I could even say, look, if you if you still want to get in, like I'm happy to talk with you on the phone or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, and so without this email, like our relationship would have ended poorly, I would say. Um, this one says, um, dear Jacques, I cannot afford it. Sorry. Okay. You know, that's fine. If you can't afford it, I'm going to, I'm going to send him the, send him the 24 payment plan link. (laughs) It's $1.99 a month. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, people can sign up for my bottom end package and do $19 a month for six months. And I would say. You know, if if people really, really, really want to learn piano with with my method, almost everybody's going to be able to find a way for that to work one way or another. Yeah. And so, I'd imagine that maybe people just saw the one-time payment options and didn't see the six-monthly payment option. So, this is a good opportunity for me to make sure that they saw that. And then, um, so those are just some examples of replies I've gotten. And I got some yesterday that were even like, you know, just didn't have enough time, still want to get in. Um, so, so far, so good on this, this email. I appreciate, I appreciate you coming up with that idea. No problem. So, um, that's, that's not quite the end of the funnel, but it basically is. The only other thing I'm doing is I'm kind of right after that email, I'm kind of segregating people into one of four categories so that I can re-pitch the course in the appropriate amount of time. Um, so I want to make sure anybody that goes through my funnel, you know, this month, they don't get pitched the course again for four months down the road and so on. So once I kind of segregate those people, then that automation ends and they go kind of in my big, um, subscriber list that has people that have been a subscriber for four years, as well as the past couple months. Cool, man. That's awesome. And my, my, as you know, my emails are very similar along the way I've used you, I, did what what you said to do what you told people in the beginning is i used your affiliate link and i got your basically your shared your funnel with me for free and i went through there and edited the emails you know put my own flair on them my own made it sound more like myself but used you know very similar format on the emails and um and then i you have to, like you said, you can turn your calls off when you go on vacation. So you have a basic funnel that just pitches it to sell them online. 
So that's basically what I focused on first is just the one that they can you can sell them on online and I can always add on the call the call option later and I do want to try that actually um, you know in the next couple of months or so I'll probably tr- give that a try creating those emails and testing the call but right now mine just goes straight line through one funnel everyone in every country um, just has the option to buy it online and then when it closes it waits for 10 days and then I open it back up again for two days and I give them a chance to buy my mine with the payment plan. Uh, mine's $297 full price. That's the only option they have the first time through. And then after that 10 days, it opens up for two days for three payments of $99. And then that closes. It waits two days and I ask them, uh, send an email that said you didn't buy. You know, could you give let me know why? And that's that's basically mine. And then I don't have the tags in place yet to be able to uh, properly re repitch the course on a, on a good time schedule, but I'm going to implement that as well at some point. Yeah, very good. I, what I like, um, you know, you didn't, you didn't just take my funnel and change piano in 21 days to Microgreens Farmer. You know, you actually took the time to, to put a lot of it in your voice, which is what I would expect anybody from taking taking my funnel, but you also tweaked other things just to fit more of your style and personality, such as like at the end of video three, you're like, Oh, I was just too excited about this. You know, it's available now. I mean, that's cool. That's, that's the way you wanted to do things. And then adding the, you know, doing the close cart and then reopen for a couple of days with the payment plan, as opposed to offering the payment plan the whole way through, like I do. I like how you modified it. It just to, uh, just to make it what you would have done had you not had a copy of of my funnel. But hopefully, just being able to import my funnel from the beginning uh, saved you a lot of time. And it's nice to start with something you know is proven. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's amazing what you're what you're giving away by sharing this with people. Honestly, it could just be worth thousands and thousands of dollars for them. I don't know if most people <laughs> realize that. I think that's you know, it's a major proprietor proprietary piece of you know, intellectual property that you're giving away and it's, it's results in a lot of sales. It's huge. It's proven and tested. Yeah, no doubt. And this is not an offer I'm going to like honor for the rest of my life or anything. This is uh we don't have a ton of listeners to this podcast at the moment, but if anybody is listening right now, that's fantastic. And if you're um, thinking about doing this, well, active campaign is a huge, um, very valuable piece to this whole thing, as well as, um, getting my funnel in there. Absolutely. So, um, I'm not expecting a lot of people to take advantage of this offer and I'm not going to honor it for, for, you know, thousands of people or anything like that. But if you're listening now and you're, you want to sign up for active campaign and you go through my link, I'll absolutely share my funnel with you. And I agree it's worth thousands of dollars. To oh, me, yeah. it's worth tens of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I first started talking with you, I don't know if you'd shared it with anyone at that point, but I could see like when you were saying you were going to share it with me, I could see you were like, oh, I'm just like giving away my baby for free. And I fully understand. I mean, you did so much freaking work on this thing to get it to where it is now. So it's it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to give away to people. Thank you. I'm I'm also excited about affiliate income because I don't really have any of that right now. I mean, you were you were on the forty five dollar plan, and I'm you know with Active Campaign I get ten percent, so I've made about twelve dollars from you so far. All right on the uh, on the Active Campaign affiliate stuff, but I'm excited about that kind of source of income in my business in my life. So that's why I want to 
I want to try to get more of that, you know, try to kickstart that. So this is um, hopefully a really good incentive for people to want to follow my my affiliate link. Yeah, that's an insane incentive. Awesome. So that's the that's what I would call the ultimate sales funnel for online courses. And next week, we're going to talk about outsourcing. Cool. Outsourcing is uh, very powerful. Um, there's there's good ways to do it and there's very bad ways to do it. Uh, I consider myself a good outsourcer now. I was not a very good outsourcer when I first started it. Um, and we're going to talk about how you can find good people and how you can um, properly instruct them so that they do good work for you as well and that they want to do good work for you as well. We're going to talk about all aspects of outsourcing. Um, I have a, a new person I'm bringing on board uh, to work with me a few hours a week, um, a writer that we can talk about next week. And I just interviewed her this morning and it went super well. I'm really excited about it. She's already started working for me. We did the interview this morning. She's already put some good work in for me. And so um, I feel like at this point, I'm pretty qualified to talk about this. And um, I've got a lot of different people I outsource things to. And we'll talk about that next week. So stay tuned. Are you gonna Are you gonna tell us what the best things to outsource are as well? You make a list, Nate. I'll tell you whatever you want to know about. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll def We'll definitely cover that. But if you want to, you know, if you want to think about that, Nate, because I know you're not outsourcing a whole lot right now, especially related to your online course. You're really not outsourcing anything related to your online course. So I'll talk about all the things that I'm outsourcing and all the things you could outsource. What makes what makes a particular thing a good thing to outsource? And then the actual logistics of, of, of the best way to do it. Right on. So I think that'll be a good topic for us for next week when we get together for episode 10. Um, but for now, uh, this has been a fun one, Nate. And, uh, and you know, where, where can people find you online? You can find me online on natedodson.com, D-O-D-S-O-N.com. Put in your email address there. And later this fall, we're going to go on a few epic trips. We're going to shut down the farm for a few weeks and me and the family are going to hop in our camper van and we're going to do some trips to other farms. I'm going to be filming some other farms and homesteads around the country, around our area in the Midwest. And we're going to be posting that stuff up on YouTube and vlogging kind of about the journey. So if you want to see me and my family crammed in a van, I'm going to be mostly sending those updates to people who are subscribed at natedodson.com. So I would go there and check that out. That's awesome. And microgreens, microgreensfarmer.com is my main website. So you're going to, y'all going to make it down to Louisiana or what? I don't know if we'll make it down to Louisiana. What's the temperature like there in uh, late August and September? 165 degrees. No, we will not make it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get pretty hot and it's, you know, this part of the country is pretty humid too. So it's yeah. pretty pretty brutal in those months. Yeah, it'll but be mainly weather-based, I think, where we're going to yeah. go. Yeah, that's cool. But we have great like Novembers and Februaries. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I am Jacques Hopkins. Um, you guys can find me at pianoin21days.com. That's my online course for piano. And then, of course, theonlinecourseguy.com. And if you're thinking about uh, doing this, taking whatever hobby or passion you have and turning it into an online course, hopefully a profitable online course, I've got a quick start guide waiting for you, the eight steps to turning your hobby or passion into an online course over at theonlinecourseguy.com. Head over there. Give me your email address. I'll give you that free guide. 
And just want to reiterate one more time about that um, that affiliate link for Active Campaign. That's theonlinecourseguy.com slash activecampaign if you want to sign up for that and get uh, my funnel for free, basically. So that's it for the ultimate sales funnel for online courses. We'll see you next week for outsourcing. And I look forward to talking to you then, Nate. All right. See you next week. See ya.